But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe it's not true Good morning, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. And uh, Thursday means we're joined by the legends that are Malcolm MacDonald and John Gibson. And they join us on a, a very sad day uh, for football uh, with the uh, sad uh, announcement today that the legendary broadcaster uh, and BBC football commentator, okay. John Motton, uh, who was popularly known as Motty, uh, has died uh, a 50-year career with the BBC. Um, he was uh, best known for uh, Match of the Day, uh, where he was involved from uh, 1971. He often points to the uh, he often pointed to the, the Hereford game, of course, in the FA Cup that Newcastle mm. United uh, played in as the uh, the game that helped launch his career. He commented on over 2,500 televised games. He became an OBE for services to sports broadcasting in 2001. And uh, yeah, amazing. During his career, he covered 10 World Cups, 10 European Championships and 29 FA Cup finals. Uh, a hell of a career. Um, somebody who's probably been mimicked by a lot of people over the years. A lot of people who love to do a little bit of comedy and interpret, um, uh, impersonate and etc. But what an absolute legend. Somebody who was part of my childhood. I'm sure he was part of many of yours out there. Um, and we just want to thank him for everything he did. And I uh, hope uh, our, our best wishes with his family. And Malcolm, I'm sure you have lots of happy memories uh, of John Martin as well. John, yes, I do. Um, he, he, he was such a lovely guy. And and an enthusiast, not um, about football, footballers, football clubs, um, the the whole business, and uh, uh, and he was great company as well, and um, and he was a, a cracking after dinner speaker. He had some fabulous tales to tell, but um, yeah, he uh, he he became famous on the back of our defeat at Hereford. So uh, we launched his career, John. We certainly did. We certainly did. Um, and that's that's actually very true, Malcolm, because um, if you remember, we played uh, the replay because it was postponed so often on the Saturday of the following round. That's the right. The round was being played on the Saturday we played and Motti was a young commentator and was sent along to Hereford just to do the bit at the end of match of the day when Newcastle, first division side, duly beaten on league side, and it would get just a couple of the goal highlights at the end of the day. In fact, because the result was what it was, it led the BBC match of the day that night with Motti sort of catapulted into the star spot. And, of course, he did it so well, he'd become... Um, legendary almost on the spot and uh, he was very famous for that um, sheepskin jacket which is on the photograph <laughs> where he became known for for wearing that and um, I got to know Motty well and he became a dear dear friend his wife mm. was from up here you know uh, what she was she? I didn't know that yeah she was a Newcastle girl and then um, you know uh, therefore he had a great fondness and he became a personal friend of uh, Ricky George, who scored the winner. That's right. Um, yes, he became a good friend of his, and um, was always at the uh, Helford. Bless him. We've lived on the result till today. I know how often I've asked you to go down to dinners, and yet you did go. Uh, it was. I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I went Mott, and spoke there. <laughs> I, Mott, he was invited down every year because of the commentator, and I think he went mm. every year in Ricky George's taxi when he was uh, a taxi driver. But he yeah. was a lovely, lovely man. He was the doyen of uh, everybody that's come since owes a little something to Motty, and the doors Motty opened for them. Sure, he he was a great statistician as well. Yes, he was. And... He, um, uh, uh, and and there wasn't a fact about football that he didn't know and have uh, records of. He did, he did terrific uh, homework, and that's mm. the secret of any success, is that yes. you absolutely 
uh, done your homework and know your facts so anything that comes up you can react to it that's the secret and as they say with everything the greatest tag libs in the world are rehearsed of course mm-hmm. um, and, and that that is very true but um, I didn't realise until you told us Steve that, that Marty had passed away um, this morning so that's it was literally breaking news just before we came on air so I just did a little bit of research and um, yeah I mean amazing to, to hear no, yeah, no, I, I, no I, I to hear how prolific he'd been and, and I mean literally oh. every time you put the TV on you know in, in that era uh, 70s onwards he was he was he was commentating and of course everybody all the uh, impersonators and everything made a huge uh, living out of doing people like Motty, didn't they? You know, Mike Yarwood and we always did Motty mm-hmm. in his uh, sheepskin jacket and all that. Uh, uh, happy, happy memories. Happy memories. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. He was a lovely man, great man. And uh, for me, was, was um, one of the top commentators of all time. Yeah. I mean, the, the interesting thing as well, it's ironic, isn't it, that the announcement should come is we are doing a programme to talk about Newcastle in a cup final, albeit yes. it's not the FA Cup, which she was famously for, it's the League Cup. But it's ironic that we should, on the day we are previewing the Wembley about, but the synonymous with uh, cup finals and Wembley cup finals was John. Yeah, mm-hmm. great guy. Yeah, yeah, fantastic, fantastic stuff. Uh, okay, um, excitement levels are starting to lift, Malcolm. The cup yeah. final is on the horizon. Uh, you guys are, of course, going to be uh, pre-match. You're going to be at the NX in uh, Newcastle, sold out, uh, I believe, uh, doing yeah. a little pre-match talk and then going back to the comfort of your living rooms to to absorb the final on TV. Um, I'll be down there. Uh, looking forward to, uh, to to getting down there and, and going to the new Wembley as a Newcastle fan. I have been for the FA Trophy. I did um, um, uh, for, for the non-league day. Um, it's fantastic. It's a lot better than it was. Let's face it, it couldn't get worse. But yeah, are you getting a bit? Are you getting a bit excited, Malcolm? The interviews are starting to build up on on Sky, and um, you know the, the the supplements out with the Chronicle now, and every everyone's talking about it. So, are you starting to get the atmosphere? Uh, um, yes, I am. Yes, I am, and uh, and um, uh, I, I I think that um, last last weekend against Liverpool, um, I I think that sort of shocked us all somewhat uh, with what took place over that ninety minutes, particularly in the first twenty minutes. Um, but I think that uh, uh, we can all look at that as a as a total one off. Um, and that uh, uh, we, we're going to um, we're going to get down to some serious business um, on on Sunday. Um, good luck to uh, Carius um, making his debut in a cup final. Most remarkable, astonishing affair it really is. But I do feel for Nick Pope, bless him, um, that uh, oh he was he. I, it was a, as much as anything. I I felt it was a bad bounce. He was expecting the ball to come up off the ground, and it didn't. It stayed low, and he was sort of committed with his upper half to um, controlling the ball. So he had to go down to meet the ball, um, and uh, and he'd just done it about two or three minutes earlier, Malcolm, as well, hadn't he? That was the frustrating did. thing. He'd just come yes. out and. You know, got in with his head, and you know mm. he'd, he'd done it. Uh, he'd done it well, but this—I agree. Watching it back now, it's so frustrating, Mal. It was that bad bounce. Yes, yeah, uh, and oh, um, poor old fella. Because uh, I don't think he's—he's he's played in a cup final before, has he? No. So, so this was not when you're with Burnley. Might have no. played in a playoff. Did he play in a playoff final? Maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know Burnley's history that well. But, um, but no, it's, I mean, it's frustrating. One would hope he's young enough, of course, um, and going to be at Newcastle long enough to, to partake in another one, John. Yeah. Um, certainly, he'll have the bit between his teeth when uh, cup games are played in future. Oh. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, look, are you getting cup fever, John? You, you and I, I and, and Malcolm have all been here before on, you know, you as a journalist, yeah. me as a fan, Malcolm as a player. Are you getting excited, John? I am, without a shadow of doubt. And, the frustration, the anger and the annoyance I've felt over Liverpool 
has subsided. And that was only because it was self-inflicted. For 20 minutes, we committed suicide. We let in two bad goals. The best defence in the league by a million miles let in two bad goals and then got the goalkeeper sent off. And the reason I was frustrated is I was convinced because we did brilliantly after that. Down yes. to 10 men after 20 minutes and two goals down, by we were brave. And if we had taken my chances, and how often do we say that, we could have got something out of the game because we missed some good chances. But um, I just felt that the Liverpool defence was vulnerable and looked vulnerable. And it mm. didn't fancy Maxi on the day. And uh, when we got corners with big lads, it, it, it was uneasy. And they were proved to be vulnerable. A few days later, they get another two-goal start against Real Madrid, but nobody gets sent off and they get their backsides taken out big time. And But, I mean, my sort of depression and anger and upset over that has completely subsided and I'm back now in Geordie mode, which is let us get up and get at them and for the final because we've got to. It's a shame what's happened with the goalkeeping situation, not just for Nick, and it is for him, because by gum, what a season he's had. We may have the best defensive record, and that reflects on the back four, but he's often well when it's got through the back four on the very odd occasion. He's done brilliant, bringing off world-class saves when he hasn't been troubled in a game, and he's kept his... He's kept his uh, temperament, his motivation, his alertness. is uh, going to be a miss because, you know, and I do hope Lloris gets all the luck that he didn't get in his other cup final with Liverpool because he needs that. I mean, it, it, it's frightening and it's staggering, isn't it, to think that in two years, his only competitive game was 45 minutes in the desert for Newcastle United on a on a friendly, and that's the only forty five minutes he's played in the last two years. Now that is an awful lot of rust, um, yeah. and it doesn't matter how much you play in training and you you keep goal in training. It is not like a, a competitive atmosphere. And then add add a cup final on the back of that with a full house in the world looking at it. It is tough, and. Um, you know, without going into it, I think Carl Darlow must be absolutely kicking himself. Oh. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but, um, yeah. uh, you know, with hindsight, he pushed to leave because he was sick of sitting on the bench here and he wanted to play. So he signed for Hull, and what's he done at Hull? Sat on the bench. He's never played yeah. one game for Hull. He sat on the bench without getting on, and as a consequence of sitting on their bench, in the Championship, instead of our bench in the Premier League, he can't play in a cup final, which he would have done, of course, had he stayed. And, of mm -hmm. course, the amazing thing is, guys, if you remember how much faith um, uh, Eddie Howe had in him, when we played the second leg of the semi-final with Southampton, if you recall, boys, it was on transfer deadline day, that's and right. the game was finishing about quarter ten, ten to ten, and the transfer deadline was eleven o'clock, one hour away, and all the forms were signed by Hull, by Newcastle United, and by Darlow, well before the game, kept in the safe at Hull, to be sent to the Football Association in the Premier League, the minute this game was over up here, because. Eddie wanted him to sit on the bench that mm -hmm. night in case... Yeah. Eddie wanted him to sit on the bench that night in case anything happened to Nick Pope uh, when he could have put... Uh, he could have put Carriers on the bench. Mm. He could have put the the, the ex-Liverpool boy on the bench, but he didn't. He wanted Dolo there for belt and braces. Dolo wasn't needed in that game, but could have been needed in this game. It is unbelievable, this, this set of circumstances. But you've got to be optimistic. You've got to look at what the lad did to get his transfer to Liverpool and be part of the Liverpool scene. And you've got to hope that the back four in front of him revert to what they've been for most of the season, which is watertight, uh, in, not in, in the first quarter of an hour against Liverpool, but most of the season, and that they protect him and allow his confidence to grow into the match. Um, 
And then if that happens with Bruno back, etc., etc., we've still got a good chance. I think the biggest test for the, the keeper is not as much as is he decent? Has he got a pedigree? Because he has it. I think, Mal, it's it's about mental toughness. Is he going to let the memory of what happened in the Champions League final gnaw at him, uh, inside him, and worry him? And if he's fragile mentally, we're in trouble. If he's tough mentally, which the hope is that he is, then things can be all right. But I think I think his his main problem is going to be mental toughness, and I hope he gets a couple of crosses early doors that he comes off his line and takes confidently, and um, everything settles down, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the eyes of the whole world, the neutrals are going to be looking at much as it our goalkeeper and Marcus Rashford shooting as they are at the overall match, because to the yeah. neutrals that's going to be part of the story. To us. Hey, I tell you what, I hope we win 1-0 and our goalkeeper gets man of the match. That would do for me. <laughs> that would do for me. It's it's weird, really, um, you know, that these kind of things, you know, get thrown up in, in football. Um, it, it happens. Of course, Mark Gillespie's only played three competitive games for Newcastle as well. A Geordie lad, um, you know, we all assume that it's going to be Carrius playing, but um, of course, Eddie Howe will play his cards close to his chest and there won't be any announcement about that until a little bit no, later. No, little bit later uh, uh, this week, of course. But um, it, it, it's interesting because it has happened before. And I, I did mention this last night on um, uh, on the show. But uh, on NUFC.com, in 1924, and I'm, I'm confident hmm. to say, John, you weren't there at this one either. I uh, think I just it, missed it, actually. The bus didn't turn <laughs> up. <laughs> well, of course, fielding just two senior players at Aston Villa in their final league game ahead of the FA Cup final, for which they were fined, incidentally. Uh, the Magpies lost the services of their first-choice custodian, Sandy Much, when he limped off with a knee injury mm -hmm. during a 6-1 mm -hmm. loss. That put him out of the final just five days later and it prompted a recall for his understudy, Bill Bradley, whose most recent senior team action had come three months earlier. Much's misadventure came in a collision with an opponent, uh, Bradley simultaneously keeping goal for the reserves as they were uh, as they lost to South Shields reserves in the final of the Newcastle Infirmary Cup. Uh, that was actually his third reserve game in just four days, all at the Gallagher's. Following a North Eastern League fixture on the Friday, a Northumberland Senior Cup final victory over Blythe Spartans on the Saturday. Uh, joining up with the first team squad at the Harrow base, Bradley's place in the side wasn't confirmed until the day of the final, when Much finally bowed at the inevitable and pulled out. Bradley duly lined up against Villa at Wembley in those pre-substitute days and although reportedly very shaky under fire, began to, uh, began with, uh, that later turned out to be the hero of the game because Newcastle won 2-0. Mm. Fantastic that, Malcolm. Let's hope history yeah. repeats itself. Let's hope indeed, yes. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful story. Um, uh, but you have to feel for much, of course. Um, I, I remember I researched, for Pope. I researched that just before it <laughs> came out on NUFC for a piece I was doing that's going in the paper. If we remember, 1924 was the year after Wembley first opened. 23 is when it opened with the famous white horse with the policeman on it patrolling the cloud, if you remember. <laughs> the following year, 24, we went down and um, we won that match 2-0 with, with him in goal. We won 2-0 and both goals were scored in the last eight minutes. So, I mean, a repeat it, it, it Wembley on Sunday would be fine. And I do believe, although I'm not 100% certain, Malcolm, that this that the goalkeeper, was it the dad of, of, of Alec Mutch, you know, the physio? I think Mutch was... Correct. Yeah. Yes, yes, I believe it was. Yes, and that was. Yeah, I think it was his dad. Club, but I mean, there's, and there's he would loads. spend the physio when I I came as a player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there's all sorts of goalkeeping things that, that have happened uh, because this is a goalkeeping crisis. Uh, I hope that, that it turns out the way it did turn out then. But if you remember in 1999, Steve, and you'll remember this when we last played at Wembley in the cup final, 
It was against Manchester United, exactly the same as it is this time, but it was in the FA Cup, not the League Cup. And there was a goalkeeping switch surprise that day because yeah. Wood Hull had picked Steve Harper for only his 10th first-team game. Only his 10th. And he picked him ahead of Shea Given, who went on to, to make 460-odd appearances for Newcastle and only one player, Jimmy Lawrence, the goalkeeper of the Edwardian side, played more games in the history of Newcastle for the club than Shea did. But we selected Steve Harper for only his 10th first-team game to take on Manchester United, who had won the league, were about to win the FA Cup and won the Champions League, the greatest Premier League side of all time that was voted. And then mm -hmm. um, Wood Hullett, who loved to do controversial things, like suggest how hopeless Alan Shearer was, not give Wobbly a squad number, show the door to Stuart Pearce. I mean, he was terrific at doing the unusual. It was, uh, if you remember, famously in a derby, he put Shearer in the... Um, Duncan Ferguson on the bench and started with a young kid called Robinson against Sunderland. Yeah. Lost, lost the derby at St James's Park and we and, uh, left the club the next morning. But uh, Wood was uh, controversial to say the least. But um, I prefer to think of the Bradley one because that ended up with us winning and the Steve Harper one didn't as well, we well know, of course, we yeah. lost. Yeah, there was bad blood, wasn't there, between Hullett and Alan Shearer? Sorry? Oh, they, they, I mean... Uh, Alan Shearer's career with us was for Woodhull, who mm. wouldn't have. Yeah, it, it reminded me very much like of, the, Wood was of the situation that I had back in the 70s with Gordon Lee. With, with Gordon Lee? Mm. Yeah, with Gordon Lee. Yeah. The, the, interesting thing with, um, the interesting thing with Alan was that when Hullet left and we got Bobby Robson, I went to see him at the Gossip Park Hotel. We sat in his room. He said, Gibbo, the first thing I've got to do, he says, I've got to get Alan Shearer on site because he's the future of this club. And I know what happened with Wood Hullet was sitting in Bobby's um, uh, room at the Gosford Park, mm -hmm. his bedroom. And he said, they were going down on Chelsea to play Chelsea that weekend. He said, I'm going to sit in his room all night and talk to Alan, talk to Alan, talk to Alan about what's gone wrong with his game what's important from my point of view from we lost I think one nil or by a single goal at Chelsea but the next game which was Bobby Robson's debut at St James's Park if you recall we played Sheffield and beat them eight and Alan yeah. Shearer scored five of them so I think Alan I think Bobby had got through down <laughs> and uh, yes absolutely that was, that was the outcome of it but um yeah, I mean, I just hope, having sat through everything we've all sat through, that we can just end this long wait for Wembley success because the European First Cup was actually won in Budapest, not at Wembley. Yeah. Uh, wait for the long success of a Wembley victory. You know, it is our first Cup final in, Wembley Cup final in 24 years. I'm determined to enjoy the day and enjoy that. But mm. wouldn't it be lovely if we could just top it off with bringing a silver pot home? That it would be great. It would be. Yeah. It really would be. I want to ask you about this, Malcolm, because this has been a, mm. a, a topic of conversation on UFC matters this week. And David John Cook says, what's your view on the decision not to do an open-top bus ride around the city if we don't win? Uh, how did Malcolm feel about the 1974 one? Now, it's been quite split, this. In fact, I'm going to put a vote out. I know we've only got about 100 watching this morning because people will be playing catch-up tonight. But I will put a vote out in the chat. But it's it's not as cut and dry. I thought a lot of people would agree with the decision, but there's a lot of people who want to say thank you to the to the team. So, what's your view as a former player, Malcolm, about open top buses uh, tours around the city when you get beat? I was absolutely opposed to it um, before it happened, um, but once it started, um, the 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 people of um, Tyneside. They changed my mind for me because the, the support that was shown was so total uh, and genuine. Um, and, and they were, and, and, and people were, were, so, were so kind and good to us. You know, there was, there was 
the fact that we had got beat 3-0 at Wembley, um, there, there was no criticism at all. And, um, and I was absolutely staggered that such a, a big-hearted response to us could take place. And, uh, uh, and so I had my, my opinion completely altered whilst I was on that bus. And, uh, and so I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame that, um, that they've decided not to, to have an open-top bus afterwards. One thing that, that I always remember and is seeing the Liverpool bus doing their bit. It was on the news and, and there was, um, they said, oh, and Liverpool, Liverpool um, uh, had a quarter of a million people. <laughs> At Newcastle, uh, where having lost, we had over half a million people. You know, it was double the numbers that turned out in Liverpool, um, and yet we had lost. And so, and and that, oh, that really uh, um, caused me to to change, um, to to change how I viewed things um, quite dramatically. Um, that uh, uh, it's not that I, I don't think it was that people were supporting success, but I think it. I think people would were just grateful for that exciting run that we had had and, and that and that it had been um it, it, it had been a really exciting day despite the fact that we had lost um uh, um with, with regards to the final and i i think i really do um feel that that them they're just missing a bit of a trick they really are um it's it, because it's as much as anything, it's for, for the club and the players um, and all the staff to be able to, to, to visibly say a big thank you to, um, for all the support. And, and there is incredible support up here. Uh, the, the Civic Centre, um, the council have said there will be a civic reception uh, for the players, win or lose, John. So uh, the city do want to say a thank you. That's for certain. So maybe there might be the scenes that we saw at uh, uh, you know when Newcastle got promoted under Kevin Keegan, and um, you know the, the players coming out on the balcony, and so there might well be something, but just not a not a tour around the city. The the interesting thing about it all. Um because it is an emotive thing. Um, at the time of Malcolm happening in 1998, uh, 1999, uh, I was all for the, um, the open-top bus. I'm not so certain now, and one of the reasons is why I'm not so certain now um, is not only because I believe Newcastle are on the cusp of winning things, and so they'll have plenty of time for the open-top bus if it doesn't happen to be this coming week because we've won it this Wembley. But um, the difference I feel, I felt there was an opportunity, as Malcolm rightly said, for the players to show the fans their love and a thank you to the fans as well as the fans to the players in 74 and again, if you like, in 98 and 99. But I feel now, if Newcastle win, blimey, isn't that what it's about? You'll not be able to hold people back. If we don't, I feel the players do a lap of honour after every game now with the fans. At mm-hmm. St James's Parking, they do a lap of honour. So we've had a great thank you for when they beat Southampton in the semi-final to make Wembley. They went round the pitch. Everybody cheered to the rafters. They cheered to the rafters, give each other a kiss and a cuddle and off they went. So I do feel that it has been... If we lose at Wembley, it has been diluted because we've had all these aftermath, you know, and have the pictures in the dressing room of them celebrating and this is every win. So I don't think there's quite the... Um, quite the the need that there was in the old days. Um, And the interesting thing about the old days as well, you know, is um, I always remember, because of my involvement with John Hall, when Newcastle won promotion um, with the entertainers to go back in the Premier League, they were wanting a bus 
and, and it did happen to go from the Gosford Park to the Civic Centre. And Kevin Keegan said privately at the time to John Hall and Freddie Shepherd that he didn't want to go on it and because he wanted to go on when we won something big. <laughs> and the reason he said that is because he played at Liverpool and he played at Hamburg, where they, they won the European Cup of, at, at, uh, at Liverpool and they played in the final of the European Cup at Hamburg. So he felt that winning the second division championship, if you like, or wasn't of the same quality. He was persuaded and told he had to go on because he was Mr. Newcastle United at the time and he did go on. But that was the reluctance that Alan Shearer was talking about the cup finals of 98 and 99 when he felt slightly embarrassed and it's 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 interesting but um they do have this relationship with the fans at the end of every game at st james's park and they did have that when they won the semi-final against southampton uh if doing a lap of honor um and it was a lap of honor because it was honorable we were at wembley so whether i'd want to do it if we got well stuffed on sunday I'm not sure, but um, I prefer to think that we might still be doing it anyway because we win. And if that's we, the uh, that's the spirit, John. We're going to win. We're going to win the vote. Actually, absolutely, absolutely. It it's a two horse race, and if we can shoot the other horse, we'll be perfectly all right. <laughs> just just had a uh, just had a, just obviously a quick poll there. Sixty one percent don't want to have one. Thirty nine percent do. I'll leave that up for the rest of the show anyway. Um, and uh, moving on uh, to the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors, starting with Skips and Bins, telephone at 800 25 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website skipsandbins.com, easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr Vicky's Sources, handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from mrvickys.co.uk, email them at info at mrvickys.co.uk or call them on 01768 210 102. Why not try some new beers at Blowhole Brewery? You can find them at blowholebrewery.co.uk. Thanks also to United Group Travel, UK coach holidays based in Morpeth. Telephone 01670 362 460 or mobile 07957 on your tour. Thanks also to Three Properties. They specialise in sourcing investment properties for their clients who are looking to invest in the northeast. They offer a full in-house service from sourcing the deals to managing the properties for you. They've done over 100 plus deals in the last 12 months for clients all over the UK. Give the guys a follow on Instagram, matty.patter underscore northeast property and phil.read underscore northeast property or email phil at threeproperty.co.uk if you're interested in getting a good property deal. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks to Media Arts for all the videos. If you want to subscribe to the channel, hit the subscribe button underneath this video today. Hit the thumb up to like the video and click share to share to your social media. If you're out and about, you can catch us as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and the rest. If you want to uh, join the channel, click join, and you'll find out our membership packages down there. Very easy to do. Or if you want to become a cult member, £25 a month, go to nufcmatters.com and look for membership pack. Or put your smartphone over the QR code and it will take you straight there. Anyone who subscribes to the channel, We'll get a free car sticker. To get your car sticker, simply email john at nufcmatters.com. Got a few events coming up over the next few weeks. Steve Howie, Friday the 24th of February at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets available for £29 on voucher. And even with Nobby Solano, Saturday the 25th of March, tickets £15. Book at nufcmatters.com. Nobby Solano is also at Falling Critic Club on Good Friday, the 7th of April at 4 o'clock. Tickets are £10 and available behind the bar. And an evening with Frank Clark and John Gibson, Thursday, the 20th of April, 
That's at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets are £15. Book now at nufcmatters.com. We've also got a vast array of T-shirts available at the website. If you want your special Wembley T-shirt, go to nufcmatters.com and get one now while stocks last. Okay, Malcolm, the big question, I guess, um, that will be on all our lips on Sunday is, is team. Uh, you know, who's he going to pick? We've got the return of Bruno, of course. Um, mm-hmm. One would imagine he'll be a, an easy shoe-in. Um, but I guess it's who he plays, um, you know, alongside him in midfield that's going to be the big talking point. Joe uh, Willock's fitness, of course, um, is, is a question mark over that. Um, ASM, has he done enough in the last three games to, to get a place in the team? Um, or is he going to go for something different? You know, is he is he going to is he going to change things and, and surprise us all? What what's your view on the team um, selection that, that Eddie Howe's going to look at at the weekend? Well, um, I think that the defence picks itself, but with Bruno coming back in the side, I think that would just be a shoe in for um, for Willock, uh, who looks like he might miss miss out. So um, and. And in all honesty, um, it, it, is the Wembley stage going to bring the best out of um, St. Maximin? I don't even know whether he knows what his best actually is, because I think that he seemed exceedingly happy with his performance um, against Liverpool. Um and, and, and I actually heard somebody saying, uh, and this was after... Um, just after a few minutes, oh, lots of Maxman, he's really up for it, uh, wanting, to prove, wanting to make sure that he's, he's got a spot for the, for the final. Um, and and, I, and and this is my constant criticism of him. In the game against Liverpool, he didn't get a cross in and he didn't get a shot in. You know, so so what's the point? What's the point of the ball being at his feet if he's not going to, um, if he's not going to get a cross in, if he's not going to get a shot in? Um, it's an actual waste of possession um, on his part, um, and and I, I, I would I, I would much rather see um, somebody with. with with much less skill than he has, but somebody who's got a bit of pace get to the line and whip it in. And um, and if that were to happen, you would get more players wanting to get into the box because they know that it's going to come flashing across. Um, with St Maximin, n- nobody knows when to go in the box. When's he actually going to cross it? Because it he beats one and then he looks to beat another and then he wants to go back and beat the first one again. Um, and, and so in the end, you stop making the runs into the box. And, uh, and against Manchester United, I couldn't help um, but, but, but see um, that at 2-1 down, Barcelona last week, they just flooded the Man United box with bodies. They were getting bodies in. They were getting crosses in into those bodies, and they and they caused so much havoc in the Man United defence that and it needs somebody to get to the dead ball line and whip it across, not to to um, to do fancy Dan stuff. That's not going to win any game. Never mind a cup final. Um, and 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 the and so we have a sparse penalty area that and the opposing penalty area it's sparse in in numbers of, of Newcastle players because people don't know when to go in with St Maximin on the ball and so quite how Eddie Howe is going to is going to get that sorted I don't know. I, um, I, 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 I just wonder if he should set some maximum targets. Say, right, okay, in the first half, I want you to get 
five crosses in and one shot. And if and if he were to do that, that would be one shot more and five crosses more than he's than he's done in the last heaven knows how many games. You know, it, uh, um, you, you go back to to Wolves for his last goal, um, and yet he he has more ball than anybody else, and and. <sighs> And Steve, if, you definitely opened a can of worms here, you know, given oh, Marley's head on Maxi. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did, I, I yes. did, and, 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 and I know a lot of people don't like his, his views on Maximum. Right, but the point that I'm that I'm trying to make is that he has got the ability to get um, beyond uh, the back line of Man United to either get a shot in or a cross in. Do it. Get beyond. And, and finish it off with a cross or a shot. Um, uh, and, and if he were to do that, watch the difference in all the other players. All of a sudden, they're saying, hey, he's getting into the box. Right, I better start making runs. And, and, yours, and you would see um, midfield players make, making really positive runs into the box. When St. Maximin has got the ball right now, they don't make runs because they know it's not going to come in. Um, and and can and I jump in here? Go on, yes, John, please. Looking at the team generally quickly first, because that was the original question, Steve. I think we'll get Bruno in, as Malcolm was probably saying. I think we'll mm -hmm. get Bruno in with Sean Longstaff and Joe Linton in the middle. I think the best Willock can hope for is a seat on the bench. If he's had a hammy, and the suggestion was it was a, ham, uh, a hamstring injury, they're very dodgy. Uh, they could go if he's pushed, and he'll push himself and say he's fit. It's Wembley, it's a one-off, he'll be desperate to play. I think the most he can really hope for is the bench. And, and maybe he won't even make the bench. Mm. That being so, I think the, the midfield then becomes automatic, which is Bruno, Longstaff, Joe Linton. And yeah. with Joe Linton going there instead of wide left, which is his two positions, I think the forward line will be Almiron, Wilson and San Maximum. I think Wilson will get the shout ahead of Isaac because... Um, he, he's a Joe Wilson, he's a Callum Wilson fan um, and he's a centre-forward that was good enough to go to the World Cup with England it, 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 two or three months back, I think. And also, he's very loyal, the manager. I think he will play Callum Wilson centre-forward. And I'll disagree okay. to a certain extent with Malcolm. I think that being the case, some maximum, I thought he played well against uh, Liverpool. I thought yes. he played well, and I think he was. Well, I'm, not, I'm not disputing yeah, that, but he, he did. did. But I, I think there was some end product. I think sometimes we murder him, and he drives me crackers because he's got so much ability. But I, I thought he did well in that game, and I think he deserves to play in the final. And I think the final might be the stage, you hope it is, uh, that, he, that he requires. Um, and what's the alternative? And uh, thinking if you, the alternative's Joe Linton, if you, if Willett was fit for midfield, um, but if he's not, and I suspect he's not, and you can't play Gordon, I guess there's there's Murphy as the alternative to some maximum. But I think we'll go the three midfielders: Almiron, Wilson, and some maximum. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. it's it, it, there's only a couple of decisions to make for me. It, it's, it's obviously who he plays in goal, which we all presume is going to be carriers. Yes. I, I mean, would you would you look if we're struggling, if we're goal down in in the first half, God forbid, would you look at potentially putting Isaac and Wilson on the pitch at the same time? Um, not until later in the game. Um, that uh, I'd be loath to to make early changes. Steve, um, if what what I think that we have to to give great concentration to, because I, I I do have the belief that Newcastle they are a second half side, and when I say that that they that they show uh, 
they, they are more dangerous in the second half than they are in the first. If, if, we, if we score early, it, there seems to be a bit of nerves um, with regards to holding on to that lead. Um, so let it come a bit later. What I, would, what I would be impressing on the side is let's make sure that come half-time that Manchester United have nil on the, uh, um, as a score. So keep the game as tight as possible in that first half. Then let's see what we can do in the second half. It might be that uh, um, uh, that one or two um, substitutions will be made. Uh, the Wembley pitch can be quite tiring for certain players, uh, and um, it's and a big so, old yeah. pitch. Sorry, it's a big big pitch. Yes, yes, and lush as well, um, and and so uh, it, it affects certain players, and. Um, uh, and so you have to be very aware of that that you need that you suddenly you need to be substituting somebody who's who's just run out of of of, um, of energy. Uh, so yeah, I, I I would I would really love to see Wilson and Isaac working together, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I I, I really don't. Um, and, and as I say, St. Maximin, if he can, if he just starts getting the ball into the box, there, there were, I, I, I go back to when Man United were 2-1 up against Barcelona. And Barcelona just kept throwing players forward. And, and Man United looked really, really shaky in their own box. Really shaky. Um, and... Uh, uh, Barcelona, they, 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 they scored to equalise, but there were also other, um, other chances. Balls kicked off the line. The, the keeper made a couple of really good saves. Um, and, uh, and so uh, Man United, they can be shook up without any um, shadow on that one, I think. And, uh, and what we need to see is numbers getting in the box. That's where Man United are are shaky when when numbers of opposition are getting into the box and the ball is then following. And when our chances do come, guys, and they'll come for both sides, we've got to take them. We haven't been recently. We have got to take the chances when they come because they won't come too often in a cup fight. Yeah, uh, yeah. Our percentage of conversions has dropped dramatically and that has got to improve. I mean, I think we actually shook Liverpool when we were 2-0 down and we came mm. home. But again, yeah. the chances didn't go in. We missed them. Big Burn got head and shoulders above everybody on a, on a cross and headed and didn't really work the keeper, etc., etc. Um, as much as I want us to keep the defence tight in front of the goalkeeper, the new goalkeeper, we've got to take our chances because the team that take the chance will be the team that wins the cup. And, and mm -hmm. we've got to get converting our chances without the shadow of doubt, I think. ASM mm. played well last week. I would start him 100%, says Tom. Steve says uh, seems to think that the playing surface at Old Trafford and the Amex Stadium and Molyneux um, are bigger than, than Wembley these days. I'm... I'm Big the different. Like, I think Wembley's bigger, but you, you might know more than me. Um, we should have had a pen at their place in the first 10. Their defence isn't great. Hope we've spent all week learning how to attack the ball from set pieces. It's a great point by Craig that Malcolm. Mm -hmm. we, we talk mm -hmm. about it on here week in, week out. Set pieces. We need to be better. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree on that, um, Steve. Yes, it's getting on the end of things. You know, when you when you when you think that that uh, we, we've got Dan Byrne, um, who's six foot thirteen, um, <laughs> and, and we've got one or two who aren't far short of of, of we've him. We've got huge guys, yeah. Yes, yeah, and they they should they should be um, getting it and and 
and causing all sorts of problems. Um, and uh, and Trippier, he's, he's, he's one of the best um, suppliers into the box um, from free kicks um, and corners and what have you. When, yeah. when you think of the size, Malcolm, when you think of the size of, of Botman and Byrne, yeah, they're, they're, they're ginormous in the yes, And Shaw, Shaw gets up brilliantly. Yeah, but I mean, Botman and Burnett haven't headed a goal all mm. season, have they? No, I mean, no, uh, Burnett's goal was a super, was a super one on the floor. Yeah, and just took them. But on headers, on set pieces, those two with Trippier's delivery should be knocking goals in. Yeah, yes, in, yes, absolutely. We're not, we're not so we've got to do better on that without a shadow of doubt. And this mm -hmm. is the time to start. Believe you me, Sunday's the time to start. It definitely yeah. is. Malcolm, can I just ask you to uh, wish Graham Robson a happy 60th birthday? Graham Moore, his friend, has got in touch. Um, he said, uh, Malcolm was his idol. Could you do a quick happy birthday message to him? Um, it's uh, Graham Robson. All right, Graham. Yes, I wish you a very, very happy birthday. Um, yes, yeah, sixty years of age. My word. Um, and you're uh, um, sort of uh, on your way to uh, pension age. Well, I can assure you, it's not as bad as it sounds. It really isn't. But uh, hope you uh, hope you're remaining active and uh, and staying in good health. So, very happy birthday, Graham. Just a quick one on Wembley, lads. And this was a question from Gary. He said, um, does anyone think Wembley not having the Twin Towers incorporated into the new Wembley has killed the image? Um, do you miss the Twin Towers, John? Well, I, I do because I'm, I'm a great fellow for history. I mean, we've got the arch now, which is very symbolic, isn't it? Um, which has taken mm. the place of the Twin yeah. Towers, if you like, without a shadow of doubt. Uh, of course, when I love history, I think they could have made Wembley wonderful and retained the Twin Towers. But they were obviously wanting a new look. The arch has become mm. an established thing. And over the years, that will be as huge as anything. There was a... A few people not too keen on the Angel of the North when it was first put up, what was it, 25 years ago? But we all adore it now, and it is the symbol of your, your coming home, your Geordie land, when you see the Angel of the North. So things do change. Um, the history was always the Twin Towers, and I used to refer in the old days to, you know, Newcastle going down to play at the Twin Towers, and that was well known. But everything changes, and uh, I'm all for change because I want everything to change on Sunday and us to win a cup instead of just taking part in it. Yeah, so I'm all is. for change, especially the result on uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, there is there is one point that I that I would make, and 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 I hope that the referee stays totally neutral. I've seen too many referees side with Man United um, and I get sick and tired of witnessing it. Um, so uh, I hope that the, the referee, his assistants and the VAR people um, do their job thoroughly and totally neutrally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your advice then, Malcolm, um, for any players? We do know a few of the players do watch the podcast every now and then. Um, what's your advice for the players going into this game? You've played it, you've played not one but two cup finals for Newcastle 74 and 76. What's your yeah. advice for the lads in the build up? My, my advice is that um, don't, don't let nerves get the better of you. Wembley is a fantastic stadium to go and play on. Oh, it really is. The atmosphere is second to none. Go and enjoy that. Don't be put off by it. Don't be overawed or, or, or even frightened by it. Absorb it and, um, uh, um, and, and get out on that, um, on, on the Wembley pitch. And, uh, and don't go changing anything from your, from your normal game. And Wembley can do that to, to um, certain individuals. Don't, don't change things. Just keep doing what has got Newcastle there to Wembley in the first place. And, uh, and 
it is vitally important. Get your shots in. If you don't shoot, you won't score. How do you see the game going, Mal? And now I'm going to come to John on the same question. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm looking for that back four to, have, to shake itself up after the Liverpool game and, and get back to that brilliant organisation that they had. And uh, um, people keep um, talking of, of, about Rashford. Um, we've had other terrific forwards um, come up against um, this defence of ours over the season, and um, uh, and they they've just casually blotted them out. Um, and I'm and I'm looking for them to do that um, again on Sunday. Uh, I I. There is a there is a strength in the way that Man United play, but what what they don't do is is keep it going for very long, and and so uh, no matter what's happening in front of Newcastle players, they've got to keep working, keep grafting, keep chasing, um, and then and work to turn it around. And against Man United, you can turn it around quite quickly. Um, I, they, they play some lovely stuff for two or three minutes, and then it seems to falter for them. Um, and, uh, and 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 we must have absolute concentration at all times, particularly up front. If when a chance comes along, you can't afford to miss it at Wembley. You have to get on the end of it and and send it goalwards. Prediction, Malcolm. I'm going to. Um, go for a 1-0 victory to Newcastle United. Okay, John, how do you see the big game going and uh, give us yeah. your prediction as well? Fascinating, fascinating. I would like to think, you know, with Newcastle's form slightly tapering off recently, we'll go to the match with only one victory in the last seven Premier League games. And with the goalkeeping crisis, the rest of the country... I mean, all is for Man U anyway, the Prawn Sandwich Brigade, all scattered all throughout England. Um, but the rest of the country will see us as uh, the outsiders in a two-horse race. That's fine. What I would love Eddie Howe to have done this week is do what Fergie used to do brilliantly with Manchester United, and that's create a siege mentality. You know, yeah. get them all together. The rest of the country... Uh, are against us everybody's against us the rest of the country hate us because we've got Saudi owners and we're supposed to have this huge pot of gold for the transfer market etc etc they're all waiting for us to fall on our face let's go and sort the world out Fergie was terrific at doing that we've already got great camaraderie in the dressing room they really do believe in each other and are willing to fight for each other if that's topped up by Eddie producing the siege mentality and we go out from the first kickoff wanting to get amongst it and wanting to be bold and brave and solid, our fans will eat off that and our fans will absolutely lift the team. Because believe you me, the one certainty on Sunday is that we win the fan contest. Mm -hmm. Our fans will yeah. outdo their fans. That's the biggest certainty of all time. We've then got to do exactly the same for the hour and a half or two hours if it went to extra time uh, on the field. But, you know, I look at all the positives and you've got to say that the positives are we've got the best defence, as Malcolm has said, in the Premier League. Let's get back to being as mean as it mm. is possible. We've got Bruno back. Big Joe's going to be fit. Um, Callum Wilson must be bursting a gut to, to show that he it was correct. He went to the World Cup. I'm a big-time Charlie. Let's hope Maxi says the same thing. Um, let's hope, as one of the boys said on that, that uh, Marcus uh, Rushford gets a hammy tonight. I mean, I, I, I hope he's fit afterwards. I'm not wanting uh, to wish the lad any harm at all. But if he doesn't, if he wants to miss the final because he's a little bit tired or his hammy's tight, then I suggest that that'll do for us. We don't mind if that happens. Um, but 
we went to Manchester United and um, got a note, note. I think this is a battle mm -hmm. between two outstanding managers. What these two managers have done in reviving their clubs are sensational. What Eddie Howe's done for must being a relegation side last season, relegation threatened, to what we've done this season, going for the Champions League and in the final of a cup, is sensational. Dan Hag's done a very, very good job at Manchester United and has been brave sh sorting out um, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, etc., etc., etc. Bringing yeah. Sancho back into the, the field with love and tenderness and arm around him. And he's handled everything well. So it's two very, very good managers that have been a bit of a miracle workers, to be truthful, mm. but are against each other. I'm thinking like Malcolm... Um, I'm thinking Newcastle. My heart wants Newcastle to win so much, I dare it. Blinking forecast anything else because my heart will give up on me because uh, it'll say traitor. The body's the body's a traitor. I'm taking Newcastle to win by a single goal, the same as Malcolm said. And it might be later on when, when the goal scored. Yeah. And in a way, as Malcolm was saying, you know, you score in the first six minutes, can you hang on? If we score in the 88th minute, I'm certain we can hang on for two minutes. So uh, I'll be quite happy if it's late on. Um, and funny enough, that Bradley thing we talked about early, boys, when he played in goal and um, he, he was the reserve goalkeeper, catapulted in in 24. We won 2-0. He kept the clean sheet and we scored two goals in the last eight minutes. One yeah. of the goals was scored by Stan Seymour, the famous, the dad, this Stan mm -hmm. Seymour senior, the famous yes, dad. Senior. Uh, so, you know, if we score two in the last eight minutes and win 2-0 with, with an unexpected goalkeeper between the posts, that'll do for me, baby. I'll have a slice of that. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll cancel Monday completely. I'll go straight from Sunday to Tuesday because I'll be celebrating that much. Uh, and don't forget the John Gibson I've cancelled dying t-shirts are available at the website nufcmatters.com because he cancelled dying because he wants to see Newcastle win something. I do. And may I add, once we've won the League Cup on Tuesday, I'm not dying again because I want to say is I'm not going to die that we've won the Champions League. Now, oh, means, you've changed it. Oh, no, no, no. I'm it's called ambition, one. Steve. <laughs> To be truthful, I might only be giving myself four years. If we win the Champions League in four years' time, I might have to snuff it then, but I'm not going to, baby. I've waited since 69. You think you're going to get me shuffling off the, the mortal coil just as we're about to win stuff regularly? No chance. I don't want to. I don't want to see you go at all, John. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm it's not going anywhere. It's a happy birthday to former players Wes Saunders, Alan Foggin. And Brian Tinian today. So happy birthday to them. Hope they're having a, a bit of birthday cake. And I hope the present that they all get is Newcastle getting the monkey off well, uh, Bobby Monker's back. Happy birthday to Foggo, who uh, yes. Malcolm and I know well from sitting upstairs in the, in the Monker's yeah. room. And may I say, the interesting thing, is this a coincidence about Foggo's birthday today? Because the last trophy we won was 1969. And the fella that scored the winning goal in the second leg in Budapest was Alan Foggin. So yeah. perhaps it's mm -hmm. a, this is a, a, just another point there that we're going to do exactly the same. Because we were seen as outsiders in 69, you know. They were the best side in Europe, everybody was saying. Uspestosa, they beat Leeds home and away. And Leeds were mm -hmm. the champions of England. And we beat Uspestosa home and away. So, you know, it, it's all possible. And Sunday would be a very nice time to prove that to be true. Absolutely. I'm going 1-0 as well, lads. That's my prediction. Uh, I think it's going to be a very tight game. I'll go 1-0 mm -hmm. in extra time. That's what I think. I think we'll get extra time. We'll avoid the dreaded penalties, though. But uh, enjoy Sunday, lads. Enjoy the NX. Um, make sure you uh, have a great time with uh, Gavin Webster and the lads down there and then get yourself home and enjoy the final. Uh, look forward to catching up with you next week when we'll either be celebrating or commiserating one way or another. But for yes. now, it's thanks to Supermac. Thanks to Gibbo. And uh, have a good night tonight in the, uh, the Montague as well, lads. Take care. Well, yes, we certainly will. Boys, yeah. keep the faith. Keep the faith, boys. And, and enjoy the game coming. and the result, hopefully. Uh -huh.